Thanks for joining us here at Faith Assembly for our weekly podcast. We're so excited you're tuning in this week. To learn more about our church, you can visit us online at myfaithassembly.org. Join us live or connect with us on Facebook. Come on, if you believe we serve the one who is enthroned on high, somebody give praise to the one who is seated on the throne high above all things. Welcome to church. As uh, Pastor Mike said, this is our final Sunday of 2022 in the building, and uh, we are uh, excited next, uh, of course, Saturday, not next Saturday, it's Saturday coming up, uh, Christmas Eve, and uh, just to remind you of the schedule, take a moment and uh, just let you know the next couple weeks what to expect here at Faith Assembly. Uh, Christmas Eve on Saturday, we have our services, as uh, you're, you're aware of, but 10 a.m., 12, 2, and 4. Hope you'll come and be a part of that with us. And then Sunday, Christmas Day, we are not having church in the building. Church will be in your home. We have an online experience. We hope you'll, you'll join us, be a part of that. As, uh, we'll be sharing that on Christmas morning and uh, just enjoying the, the time together with the family. That following Sunday then will be uh, New Year's Day, and what better way to kick off the new year than in uh, in worship, being together, and so I uh, hope you'll join us, our regular services, 8, 15, 10, and 11, 45 on uh, New Year's Day, and then uh, right after that, we'll roll back, uh, roll into our regular uh, uh, service schedule as we uh, kick off 20. 23. What a year it has been. How many have had a great year, 2022? How many love this year it has been? Uh, yeah, let's go. <laughs> well, we should turn the page quicker. All right, everybody, let's pretend it's 2023. Uh, no, I, I believe, um, without a doubt, every year has its, its, its ups, its downs, and, and I believe each, uh, in each season, God is doing a new work, leading us into greater things. I hope there's an anticipation of uh, just trusting God for uh, the greater things that he wants to reveal, show, and do in our lives. And so uh, we're looking forward to 2023. But let's go out with a bang. Let's not just coast our way to like, well, let's just get this over with and just get through it. Man, let's, but there's two more weeks left in 2022. God, do something significant and great in our midst. And uh, let's go out uh, just with... Uh, Great rejoicing. Well, uh, Matthew chapter 2, if you have your Bible, we're in this series we called Echo Holy, and um, we've been identifying. We started the year, uh, the beginning of 2022, with a series called Great Expanse, and we, we looked at the idea of, of, uh, of, of the, um, just the walking in the, the things that God has for us without interruption, the uninterrupted flow of God's grace, his presence, the great expanse of what he desires to do. And we're ending the year with Echo Holy. And what greater expanse than the expanse of God's presence, his, his throne room, the place of his, of, of his glory, his majesty. And we've been looking at Echo Holy. Um, and really the emphasis of that is we join with the angels to declare holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And uh, what, what, is, what, what is the role of angels? We know they're significant at Christmas time. And so we've been looking uh, at that. And today I want to look at just uh, maybe a unique role that we don't always picture angels to be in. Um, and I want to take a look at Matthew chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, you can uh, follow along on the version Bible app or on the screen. We've got it as well. Why don't we stand together? And read Luke chapter 2. This is oftentimes uh, uh, lumped in with the Christmas story, but we remind ourselves that this is two years after Jesus is born. The, um, 
I know your nativity, like mine, probably has the wise men at the manger scene. Well, they weren't there. Uh, they came to the house where Jesus, where Mary and Joseph would have lived uh, about two years after. So Jesus is about two years old. And uh, Matthew chapter 2, verse 13, it says this. After the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother, the angel said. Stay there until I tell you to return because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. That night, Joseph left for Egypt. Sounds like a wonderful Christmas story, doesn't it? <laughs> Run with the baby uh, because uh, Herod's going to want to kill him. How uh, I many know it's part of the story? It's the truth. Uh, so he says, uh, flee. Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. Verse 14, that night, Joseph left. Somebody say that night. I, I love the... That night, that night, how many would say, God, give us a that night kind of obedience? Come on, somebody say amen. In 2023, I want to walk into a that night kind of obedience. God, you said it, and I want to walk in it. And it says there, he says, that night, Joseph left for Egypt with the angel and Mary, his mother, and they stayed there until Herod's death. This fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet, the prophet Hosea. He said, I called my son out of Egypt, God, I thank you for the places you're calling us. I thank you that that you uh, give us uh, give us help in this journey. I pray today that we would recognize the significance of what you've made possible for us. That we would walk with confident hope in this this journey, this leg of the journey, wherever we are today. God, I pray we'd have confident hope to walk in to what you have for us. We pray this in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, say Amen. And on your way to being seated, tell your neighbor you've got angels. You got angels. That's better than bad breath. Um, I want to share just for these uh, couple moments from this title, Angels on the Journey. We've been identifying the role of angels, their significance. Uh, they uh, are prevalent at Christmas time. We know that. They, the angels, of course, speaking to Mary, announcing that Jesus, uh, she would conceive of, of uh, uh, the Messiah, the child Jesus. Uh, also, the angel speaks to Joseph to tell Joseph, confirms the word. The angels announce in Bethlehem. And uh, here again, angels on this journey. I want you to know that God has sent his angels to walk with you, to, to help you, and to help us in this journey. For the past however many years, uh, you and I have been on a journey. We are journeying from life to new life. We would say from life to death, but those who are in Christ, they don't die. They just have new life in Christ. And we've been journeying from the moment we were born. We entered the world not knowing what we were in, to, uh, in for. We came not knowing, but yet when we arrived, there was this unfamiliar. I don't remember it. Obviously, you don't remember it. But there was this, this unfamiliar. All I know is that those that uh, are in our home that we've entered into the world, they do so crying. They do so in some, some sense of reluctancy. But as they grow early on there's a vibrancy a life the joy of a child how many wish you had the energy of some kids you see running around there is the joy the anticipation the expectation the discovery the life that comes forth and there's there's life we begin with this this desire but in this desire for life we recognize that just because we desire life doesn't mean we have life because you don't have life until you intersect the one who gives life and that is life is not found until you come to Jesus at the cross. 
until you and I come to a realization of who Christ is, we can live with brings alignment to our desire and our destiny. Until you know Christ and the purpose that he, uh, we, of course, when family would come and visit, we'd take them to like some of the areas to see. And you recognize one of those areas to see is the cross at Jamonville. We took our parents, my, my parents, up to the cross at Jamonville. We had the kids there, and it was a beautiful sunny day. The sun is hitting the cross. A shadow is then cast to the, to, on the ground behind the cross, and my kids are literally walking in the cross and they're playing this game that the cross the shadow of the cross is base and if you get outside of the cross you'll get you could get tagged you'd be it I'm watching my kids play tag in the shadow of the cross and I thought oh God what a picture of life that we would know that when we're in the shadow of the cross when we live in the provision of the shadow that is where you find life life is only found in Jesus Christ you can desire life from the moment it began but you'll never find life until it intersects the cross that is made possible. God has given us life. He's made it possible. It's the cross that gives victory. It's because Jesus came. Jesus died. Jesus rose again. And because of what he did, you and I can have life everlasting. The cross gives us victory. Somebody thank God for victory this morning. We have the victory, this victory in Christ Jesus. Now listen, we have a destiny in Jesus He's made it possible now for us to have life and life more abundantly. But he has given us a system. He's provided a system and a means that that help can come along. That Jesus gave us a destiny of heaven, yet he uses angels who serve him to accomplish the purpose and the destiny that he has in our life. Jesus guaranteed our victory and angels serve him to accomplish and carry out his will as we walk into that victory. Let me uh, say it this way. Jesus made the, po- the impossible possible. Somebody say amen. Jesus made the impossible possible, and he sends his angels to make the process probable, to make the process available. Angels do not save us. Jesus saves us. We do not worship angels, but angels serve on behalf of God. They're in the work that he has called them to. Here's the best way I could illustrate it. Uh, I've got a uh, gift for my parents and uh, that gift for my parents is something that I've already have purchased. I've made it available. I've purchased it for my family. My parents live three hours away from here. And uh, there is not the ability for me to just easily get that gift to them. And so there is a system that has been put in place. And the system is this. I've already purchased the gift. But my sister, who she's always the angel in the story. Uh, my sister who lives closer within that area. My sister is delivering the gift. She's picking it up from the store that I purchased it at. She's giving the gift to my parents. Now, how many realize that when she gives the gift, she's not saying, look what I got for you. No, she's saying, hey, Jason got this. He paid for it. I don't know how detailed she gets. I hope she, like, tells him how really good I am and maybe tells him. I don't know how she'll play it out. But she will say, on behalf of Jason, I'm delivering. You realize that God has purchased and paid for everything you need. But he uses angels to bring about and deliver because God has a system. Anything that gets done has a system and a process in place. If If you want to go crazy, just live unorganized. Where are all the organized people in the room that you love organization, you love when everything is where it belongs, show up on time, things are done just right? Yeah, me too. I love structure. Now, I got to be careful not to worship structure, but I do like structure. I believe that God is a God of order. Somebody say amen. 
God has structure. Do you realize in the spiritual realm, in the spiritual kingdom, he has put together structure. And part of that system, that process, that structure is that angels serve at his will and as his desire to assist you and I in the purpose that God has called us to. That he has sent angels, they minister, we, they, they become part of this, this work. They're, they're agents, the word angels literally means messengers, but I want you to understand that they're more than just messengers. Angels are messengers who are sent with power and authority from heaven, and their role as messengers is more than just delivery agents who bring things. I want you to know today and have this confidence that angels are warriors, we don't worship angels. I'm bringing this out today to make it significant, not so you can worship angels and angels get your attention, but you would know how much God is for you, how much God loves you, and how much God has made possible for you to walk this journey of life in every season, in every situation, in every circumstance, in every place that you go. He has sent his angels to assist, and they are warriors. We, we oftentimes picture angels as, as having wings. We picture the angels, and we, we don't even really uh, picture angels properly because they're different types of angels. Angels, the only angels we see with wings are the angels that are seraphim and cherubim that are uh, these angels that worship at the throne room of God. They have wings. There are other angels who operate on the, uh, on the earth, who, who from heaven operate and are sent to do the work of God. Like in Daniel's day, Daniel had the angel, that came, the angel of the Lord that came to fight on his behalf. He was there serving. That the angels that, that, that we recognize that are part of God's work here on earth are angels that don't have wings. They're more like ninja warriors. So I'm like, oh my gosh, he is in such a fairyland. He has watched too many Marvel movies, too many things he's going crazy. No, I want you to see that you have a God who is fighting on your behalf. I want you to see that you have a God who is not just lullabies and lay me down to sleep, but a God who says, rise up against and I'll tear it down. I'll tear down everything that comes against you. I will keep you, uphold you. You have a God who fights on your behalf. I want you to know that you've got a God who goes to fight for you, who is victorious, a God who has made every way possible. He is the lion. He roars with the lion of Judah. He is greater. The enemy is like a lion seeking whom he may devour, but the real lion rises up and says, I'll show up. I'll stand. I'll give authority. And you have a God who fights on on your behalf. Somebody thank God that he fights for you. We're not weakened. We're not left in broken, vulnerable places. We go through broken, vulnerable places, but we're not left there. God enables us to walk in the power of his spirit. He paid and gave his spirit to dwell on the inside of us, and he also sends his angels to minister and to serve as we fulfill and walk in the purpose that God has for our life. The, these angels, we, we oftentimes think of, of angels as uh, uh, in Bethlehem as being the white robe choir. When all the angels sang to the shepherds that were there that day, we think of a white robe choir. I want you to know why God is, is, sends angels that fight for you. And uh, the angels fight for you because God didn't send angels to coddle you and I and to love us because he does that. He loves us. He sends angels to serve and to fight on our behalf. I've got three children, and I have never needed anyone else to show my kids love for me. I hope you love my kids. I hope you're kind to my kids. I hope you're generous to my kids. But I don't need you to love my kids for me. I'll do that. I will love my kids, but guess what? There are those 
who serve in honor and respect and come along and give love, give service, give ministry. You have shown love to my children. You have done good things for my kids. You have been kind to my family. You've been kind to my kids, but I've never asked anybody to take the role of loving my kids. Here's what I want you to know. God loves you with an everlasting love. He is for you. He doesn't need angels to love you. He'll do that. He sings over you. He dances over you. He, he knows you by name. He knows every hair. He loves you intimately. He doesn't need angels to love you. He just loves you so much that he sent angels and as agents to serve the ones that he loves. He loves you so much. I love the scripture that says he sings over you. He wrote a song over you from the day you were born. He wrote a song of your purpose, your des- the, the, des- the, the desire that he has for you. He wrote a song over you. He loves you, and he loves you and I so much that he gives support and gives help. I want you to see that these are not angels that are just warm, cozy, fuzz, fuzzy, and nice, and they just have wings. No, God has given you guardians and a warring army. Do you know, how many would uh, recognize that when you think of the angels that sang over Bethlehem to the shepherds? And all of a sudden, the, the heavens open, and the, the angels joined the angel who gave the announcement. How many know we often picture them as a choir in white robes? I, I, am I telling the truth? Let me read what it is. Luke chapter 2, verse 13 and 14. Suddenly, the angel who was over the, the, uh, the place in, in the fields in Bethlehem where the shepherds were, the angel was joined by a vast host of other angels, the armies of heaven. Praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. I don't know if you caught it. It's not actually a choir. It's an army. It's not a choir that is singing. It's an army. It's an army that is standing on guard and ready to respond, ready to move, ready to serve, ready to, to, to step in to the places. And like any army, the Lord, there's an army that, that the Lord leads. And like any army, there's an army has a commander and it has a commission. And he is the Lord of heaven's army. And the commander is Jesus Christ, the Lord, that he is the Lord. We sing the God of angel armies. Chris Tomlin wrote a beautiful beautiful song it's a lovely song and if you ever sang the god of angel armies you're singing to the one who sits on the throne and has all authority and dispatches and sends his angel armies to fight on our behalf to move on our behalf and they're given this commission they have a commander and they have a commission the commander is the lord of heaven's armies and the commission is in in psalm 91 It says this in verse 11 to 13, Psalm 91, for he, God Almighty, he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. Somebody thank God for his protection. You're walking in the places you're walking through, the places you've never wanted to be, the difficult areas of life. He will protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so that you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. Now, I can picture trampling on a cobra, but I've never thought about trampling on a lion. You will trample on lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. God has made it possible. The Bible says the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. God has enabled you and I to walk in the power and the victory, and he gives the assistance and the aid and the help with the angel armies that come to our rescue. The commander of the angel armies has commissioned his servants, the angels, to look after God's people to, as they journey from life to new life. You're on this journey. 
And God sends his angels to assist to walk in this season. Hebrews 1.14, we referenced it last week. It says, therefore, angels are only servants. And the writer of Hebrews is making a point. We don't worship angels. Let that be known. There's some things that right off the bat, mis- misunderstandings of angels. Uh, one is we don't worship angels. Um, angels worship God. We join the angels in worshiping God. And um, the other thing is our loved ones who pass, they do not become angels. Because if our loved ones became angels, they would take a step backwards. Uh, God created us in his image. Uh, Angels were those created from the beginning of of time. They were created for God's purpose, as scripture tells us. And so he sends the angels as servants, spirits sent to care for people who will inherit salvation. If we are saved in Jesus Christ, if we have come to the cross, if our life has gone from going from life to death and we've gone from life to new life in the cross, charge to give order. They pray, we don't pray to angels. We pray to Jesus and angels move at his command. But God knows how to answer the prayers. If we don't pray to angels who are spiritual beings, we don't pray to saints. We don't pray to people. We don't pray to things. We don't pray to Mother Nature. We don't pray to anything because anything other than the one who sits on the throne is idol worship. And we create an idol. There is only one God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God. He is one God. There's only one throne. There's only one Lord. There's only one spirit. There's only one Savior. There is only one who we pray to, who we have divine authority in and through. The angels assist us on the journey. They are servants' help. Let me, let me just identify how do angels assist us? What does it look like? Um, number one, angels serve or they assist with provision. Provision is what you need to move forward in the journey. You can't move on the journey if you've not been given the resources you need for the journey. There are resources provided. Here is Joseph, and he has just had a visit. Well, technically, Jesus has a visit from the wise men. These wise men come from the east. They come with all the goods that they've got. The Bible says that they brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They had provision. How many realize it's rather significant that the scripture says when the wise men left, How many know they left their goods with them? When the wise men left, the angel woke Joseph and said, leave this place. Now, how many realize that in order for Joseph to leave this place, he would have to have resources, some money, and some stuff to get there? It's not not an easy trek to go from Bethlehem to Egypt. How is he going to do that? Well, God says that's easy because I've already provided the resources. God has already provided the provision. The angels, or the, the wise men came not just to honor, yes, to honor and to worship, but your worship has purpose. When the wise men came to worship, it wasn't just, oh, hey, all the earth, no, we didn't go to the temple or go to the, to, the, to the the king's court to find the king. We went to the place of residency. It was not just to identify that he is the king. It was to bring resources that were needed to move the leg of the journey where God had called him to go. The only way he could go to Egypt is because the wise men brought gifts and brought resources so he could get there. I want you to know today, God has already provided everything you need. He's already provided everything you need. It is not just that we can say, wow, God is good. It's so we can say, God, what do you want me to do with the goodness that you've given? What is it? The, the angels provide resources. Now, I want you to know that they, they, they bring resources because God is your provider, not angels. Angels are the servants to deliver. I bought the gift from my mom. My sister's just 
delivering it. My sister didn't purchase the gift for mom. My sister is delivering on my behalf because God has made it possible and God uses his system that is in place to get those resources. God has already given us all that we need. When we have provision, it prepares the way for us to go. Angels help prepare the way. Here's Acts chapter 12, verse 7. This is uh, Peter while he's in prison. And um, while he is in prison, uh, the scripture says this, suddenly there was a bright light in the cell. By the way, he's in prison for preaching the gospel, just make sure we understand that. There was a bright light that filled the cell, and the angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him and said, quick, get up. I don't know if Peter was a teenager that wouldn't get up for school or what, but he was sleeping so well that he had to smack him on the side. It doesn't say the side of the head, the side of what, but said that he had to smack him, struck him on the side. How much peace must you have when you can sleep in prison? How much peace must you be in if you can sleep in prison and the angel has to smack you to wake you up? The Bible says that the angel struck him on the side to awaken him. Quick, get up. And the chains fell off his wrists. I believe today, wherever you find yourself, you're walking through a wilderness, a difficult place, that God has sent his angels that if you will allow the, the spirit of God and follow the presence of God, allow God to order your step, those chains that are perceived over you, they will fall off and you will walk in the freedom. You'll walk in the, in the deliverance. You'll walk in the provision that the joy of the Lord will be your strength even though you're in a difficult place, even though you're in a place that you didn't want to be, you shouldn't be, you didn't plan to be. In some cases, it's not even your fault that you're there but there's a God who knows how to meet you in that place and he knows how to take off the chains uh oh <laughs> I, my life has reasons that I could be chained but I've got a greater reason not to be I've got a reason to be chained I mean if you want to know I could give you a reason why I could be depressed I could give you a reason why I'm disappointed, why I'm hurting, why I'm struggling. Life gives me reasons to be, but I've got a greater reason not to be. Life gives me reasons to be downtrodden, broken, and to be in a place, but I've got a greater reason to rise up. I've got a greater reason in Christ. Oh, my, my, my. I'm going to get back to where. And the angel told him, get up, put on your sandals. Peter did so. Now put on your coat and follow me, the angel ordered. So Peter left the cell following the angel. Notice it is this picture of provision. The angel is going away. God took off the chain. Notice this. It doesn't even say that the angel took the chains off. The chains fell off his wrist. You know why? Because angels don't have the power to do what God has called. God, God gives them the power and the authority, but God doesn't need angels to do the miracles. He knows how to do the miracles. He just needs angels to help guide and direct and give us direction to come and aid. Again, I don't know how God does it. I don't know how the spiritual world works. I mean, let's just be honest. There's an animal kingdom, and I don't even completely understand how all of the animal kingdom works. Now, if you've got that all figured out, you've, you've figured out animals. I'm just telling you, there's stuff in the natural we don't completely fully understand. So how in the world are we going to understand everything in the spirit? The kingdom of God, the, 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 the spiritual kingdom that God gives provision. Here, here's number two. The angels assist with provision. Number two, the angels assist with protection. We are victorious because of God's salvation. And we are protected by his angel army. Angel armies are for our protection. Angels support us in the process or the journey as we go from life to new life. Now, I want to... 
just highlight this, the significance of provision and protection working together. God is not only a God of provision, he is also a God of protection. Why is that significant? We often settle for the God of provision and stop short of knowing the God of greater works. We want God's provision, but God's provision is only part so that we can be trusted with what he's given us that his glory might be displayed through us. Let me try to unpack this a little bit. I I, want to hang here just for a little bit. His provision is for our advancement and his protection is for its achievement. God did not give you provision just so you can have provision. He gave you provision so that you could advance the purpose to which he's called you. Back to Jesus being visited by the wise men. They brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And it wasn't just so they could put it on their shelf and say, look what we have. It wasn't just so they could have it. It was because it was needed for the next leg of the journey to advance. Somebody say advance. God is calling you and I to advance in his purpose, in his calling. And sometimes we get stuck settling for provision when God wants protection. You remember Jesus said these words. Jesus said, greater things than these will you do. So Jesus said to the church that we would do greater things. My concern is that in church culture, in the church world, we have lowered greater things to be provision. I don't believe greater things are displayed through God's provision. Greater things are displayed through God's protection. Let me try and unpack this. Provision is what God makes available to me. And oftentimes we say God is so good and the good works of God, greater works than these. You will do great works. We sometimes lower the great works to being when God meets my needs and we say, wow, these are great works. No, when God meets your needs, it's what God did for you. But the great works are not what God wants to do for you. The great works are what God wants to do through you. Trying to, you follow me. We have surrendered and brought down to a place of God meet my needs. And we've been happy to call it God's goodness because we have resources. But because I have resources, that only means I have more responsibility. And the resources are God's blessing, not his greater works. We have given the wrong name. When you have resources, that's God's blessing. That's not his greater works. How many have been blessed by God? Now the question is, what are we doing with the blessings God has given us? If all I can say is God has met all of my needs, but I've not invested those needs being met into advancing his kingdom, then what I have said is God's greater works is all about meeting my needs. Now the world has revolved around me when it needs to revolve around Christ. So it's not what comes for me. It's the greater works are not when God does for me. Don't misunderstand me. He's a God who wants to do for you. How many know he's a God who wants to meet your needs, a God who will provide for you? But the kingdom of God is not about meeting your needs. The kingdom of God is about advancing the gospel and the good news and the purpose of Jesus Christ on the earth. We get misconstrued to, well, how do you know God's been good to you? Well, I got money, I got resources, I got stuff. No, 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 no. Yeah, that's how God's been good to you, but how do you know God's working in you? It's when we release those things 
to now operate and advance the work that Christ wants to do. So maybe ask this question. How is God displaying his glory in your life? Don't identify it by what God has done for you. Identify it by what God is doing through you. Because advancement isn't when God does something for you. Advancement is when God does something through you. I've met a lot of people who know Jesus for what he can do for them, but they don't know the power of what he can do through them. They know the Jesus who can do for them, but they haven't met the Jesus of power, the power of the Holy Spirit, of what he can do through them. And so now life is all about what Jesus does for me. How do I know that? Because oftentimes my relationship to Christ is stronger whenever I'm in need and not out of opportunity. So just to, I I, want to challenge you with that as we get ready to go into a new year. Say, God, I want to advance. I once was old, but now I'm young. I've never seen the righteous. That verse this last year has jumped out to me. And I don't know because, you know, I am older now. But can I also tell you this? I could also, David wrote those words, but I could rewrite those words. I know someone in the room, you can't rewrite scripture. You're going to, they're going to leave the church and they're going to do it. Okay, I'm not rewriting scripture. I'm saying I could say it this way. I once had little. How many know what it was like when you had very little? But now I'm at a stage where I have more than I used to have. I once had little, but now I have more. And in now having more, I've still never seen the righteous forsaken or the seed begging for bread. I have seen the provision of God that wants to advance and move. So here's the question. What are we doing with the provisions that God has given us? Does that make sense? What are we doing with the provisions that God has made possible in our lives? Because it is not just what God wants to provide for us. It's what God wants to do through us. There's an advancement. The advancement is that we can move forward. And here's what ultimately what we read. It says this, that God has given us the ability that he sends his angels to give charge over us to protect us. And he says that he's given us the ability to trample lions and cobras. And here's what I wonder sometimes. Instead of trampling lions and cobras, we're just trying to keep them away. We're trying just to protect what we have. When God said, no, you can trample lions and cobras, that you can advance and move in the power, and you can see, I know it's audacious, but by the grace of God, we'll rival the welfare system in Fayette County. It's big. We're known for poverty. Yeah. One of the reasons we're known for poverty is because we have a deep-rooted spirit of religion. And religion feeds well off of poverty. I mean, just in the natural focus, I kind of said this before, but people who are poverty need someone to give them something, and people who are religious want to give something. People who are poverty want to get something, and people in religion want to be known for what they do. And so the spirit of religion, the spirit of poverty, just prop each other up and keep it cycling. Why are we generations of poverty? Because the spirit of religion feeds poverty and poverty depends on religion. But when you break the spirit of, what's the spirit of religion? Spirit of religion is when you allow those things to be stirred up and shaken and now it's not just connected 
to my identity of what I do for Christ, but my identity of who I am in Christ, that there becomes this freedom and this peace that I can live in a hope and a joy and a confidence because I know who I am in Christ. Why? Because who the Son sets free, free indeed. That there is a freedom and a joy. Someone said to me today, they said, Pastor, I saw you in Walmart. My first thought was, God, I hope they didn't catch me at a bad time. But then in the conversation, I had to stop and think and say, you know what? I live in such freedom and grace in God. You'll never catch me in perfection, but there's a peace of God that rules my heart like never before. And there's a peace. And I said, well, I hope, I hope, uh, I hope you found me at a good state. She said, you were just smiling. I remember just walking around the store smiling. I, I remember... To be honest with you, somebody was mad because uh, something was happening and so they dropped the F and this and all the rest. And I smiled. And as I smiled, I, I think I even just walked by and said uh, uh, under my breath a little loud, um, you're worthy of it all. <laughs> that guy's singing. Because there's a hope and a joy. When you know the provision of God, he gives you the advancement, you know the purpose of God and then you find, here's what the angels help and assist with, is the peace of God. They come to meet us and to help us in our time of need. Ultimately God is our helper, but angels come to help. Remember Jesus, on the day, the night he was born, the Bible says that there was an army of angels that sang and welcomed him. I believe that was the same army that Jesus referred to, that was standing guard when Jesus said to Peter, put away the sword, Peter. Those who live by the sword will die by the sword. And he makes a statement. He says, if I wanted to, I could call the Father, and he would send a legion of angels to come and rescue me. They showed up the moment I was born, and they're still watching over me as I'm about to go to the cross. Can I say to you today, there are angels that the moment you were born, they knew who you were. God sent them and gave order, and they knew who you were, and they know all the way of your journey. Jesus was ministered to in the wilderness, and while he was in the wilderness, at the end of being tempted, the Bible says that an angel was sent to minister to him. You might be in a wilderness today. But God wants to send his angels to minister. They strength, they meet, it, meet us at every stage, at every moment. Can I tell you, ultimately, this is the peace of God. That God wants you to know that angels are with you all the way of the journey. That even while you're on your deathbed, the Bible says this. The Bible says that when the poor man died, angels carried him to the side of Abraham. That angels were even there when he took his last breath I know you might say, well, that's a little morbid. It's a week out from Christmas. Why would we talk about death? Because it's not enough for me to tell you that Jesus came. I got to tell you why he came. It's not enough to just say he came. I got to tell you why. I mean, you can shout that he came. Yay, he came. I have no idea for what reason. I've not received or I've not allowed that to affect my life. I just know he came. Well, if you know he came without effect, that's really good mark for religion. I know he came, but have you received the effects of why he came? That he wants to walk with you to the very end. And here is such peace that even laying on your bed, uh, your, your bed that we know is a deathbed, 
about ready to take our last breath, that we can do so with peace and confidence that to be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord because the scripture says his angels, an angel carried him into the presence of God. That even at death, the angels will keep your foot from striking a stone. Can I tell you the stone you could strike is the one that Jesus already rolled away when he was dead for three days but on the third day that stone that you could have struck your foot on he already moved it out of the way and he brought angels now to walk with you and to go through every season they are journeying with you every leg of the journey if you're in a wilderness today he's there if you're in a dry place he's there wherever you are today his angels are ordered to keep watch over you now we're not going to worship the angels We're going to say, God, thank you. Now put that off to the side. And we're going to say, now, God, allow your purpose to rise up in me. There is an enemy who is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But there is a lion of Judah who roars higher than him. If the scripture says that we can can trample, not step on, which you can only step if you advance. So, God, help me to not just have provision. Help me to have advancement. Amen protect my step. God can only protect what's in motion. It's not God protect my goods. It's God protect my steps because you'll order, you'll provide, you'll meet the need. And when I step, the Bible says that I will crush lions. Now, this whole picture of stepping on a lion, come on, let's be real. Like, how high do you even have to get to step on that thing? I'm going to trample a lion. Can I just give you a heads up? You know how I'm going to trample the lion? Because he's already dead. He's already been defeated. You can step on a lion that's weakened and at its final stage. You can step on something that's about at its last stage. I want you to know that the enemy has already been defeated. How am I going to stamp on a tramp on a lion? It's because I'm walking with the lion of Judah and I can step on what he has already defeated. He is, oh death, where is your sting? Oh grave, where is your victory? Thanks be to Jesus Christ, the Lord, who has conquered death, hell, and the grave. Come on, somebody declare, my soul will bless the Lord. In every season, in every situation, in the wilderness, in the mountain, in the valley, wherever I am, he gives charge over me. So I'm going to say to my soul, he sits on the throne and he says, angels, go and attend to Jason. And you know what? I'm going to allow him to sit on my throne and say, soul, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Rise up with victory. Rise up with praise because he is worthy of it all. Would you stand with me?